1: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai,
2: there's joy in every journey. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at TrinitySchool.org. That's TrinitySchool.org. Welcome to Creature Feature,
0: a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Many Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology... And happy Valentine's times! Today I thought that we'd look at a different type of love. Platonic love between species. That's right, we're looking at some cross-species cuddles, some dynamic duos, and truly unusual friendships within the animal kingdom. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, is it fun to suck on a shark? So... Let's take a trip down to Imagination Station. Imagine you're a tiny, adorable, helpless frog living in Peru. You're smaller than a leaf. You're dwarfed by the many large creatures who want to devour you. Carefully, you make your way across the leafy forest floor, flinching at every sound. Your tiny legs can't carry you too fast. You can hop alright, but not enough to outrun a swift predator, so you waddle around gingerly searching for ants, doing your best impression of a dead leaf so you don't get hassled. You're munching on a particularly tasty ant when, if you had hairs on the back of your neck, which you don't, you're a frog, but you'd feel them prickle. Suddenly, in a flash, two huge black hairy legs grab you and lift you into a set of gigantic hairy mandibles. This creature tastes you, tossing you around in its jaws like a breath mint. You can feel its pedipalps clamp down on you and it lets you go. You look up and realize it's your best friend in the whole wide world, a giant tarantula. She invites you into her den and you two share a cozy day together. The end.
3: (laughs) That ended so much nicer than I thought it would be. (laughs)
0: Yeah, usually the imagination stations in with a horrible death, but yeah. this time it's friendship.
3: Well, how else is a friendship supposed to start unless one of you winds up wholly in the other's mouth?
0: Well, that's kind of how I make all my friends. Of course. Speaking of which, joining me today is <laughs> comedian, writer, and actor Blake Wexler.
3: Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having for me. Thank you for
0: coming in. I mean, I think we're friends. I yeah. haven't tried to like devour you, though. That's the thing. It's no, like,
3: no, no. And um, that's been very respectful and right. kind of you. Right. Well,
0: well, to be fair, I mean, you know, I, I its the what's going on with these tarantulas is it was testing to see whether this frog was food or friend. Right. And that I, almost
3: sounded like a very ignorant thing you were about <laughs> to say. If you subbed in any other demographic, like, what's going on with these goddamn tarantulas <laughs> and their hairy legs? <laughs>
0: these tarantulas let me tell you about them they're a nice species and I think they should be preserved
3: oh very nice oh (laughs) you're very progressive
0: (laughs) so tarantulas and narrow-mouthed frogs have formed an unusual alliance in Peru, Sri Lanka, India, and possibly elsewhere. Oh. I know that's pretty generic, but we just, <laughs> I mean, this is kind of a newly discovered relationship, so scientists aren't sure how far reaching this is.
3: These narrow-mouthed <laughs> frogs. It's like, can you use their proper name, please? sir?
0: Okay, they're uh, microhylidae. Is that oh, better? Oh, very
3: well. Yeah, very very well. You've done very well so far.
0: So, yeah, it is it's funny how you have the scientific name microhylidae, and then the unofficial—or not unofficial, but the what would you colloquial, call it? colloquial, colloquial
3: uh, layman's terms, layman's which is terms, so offensive.
0: I, I know, I didn't, I wasn't trying to go with layman's terms because it's <laughs> if you're
3: lay, you're gonna love this term,
0: <laughs> right? But the more casual one, which is it. so it's like microhylidae, and then casually like, narrow-mouthed frogs. It's like so insulting. <laughs> there
3: has to be a middle yeah. ground.
0: It's like it's like. Philithidae and the squinty-eyed stink beast. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> There's never any in between. It's always this like fancy Latin, and then and then the poo butted, right. gross mud kelp.
3: The illiterate red beetle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ugly butt. <laughs> well, so the the microhylidae, these little tiny frogs, form this friendship with these tarantulas and when they meet each other, the interaction starts out kind of tense. So the giant tarantula grabs the humming Oh, sorry, these there's a specific species of microhylidae um, called a humming frog, so that's Ooh, a nicer name. That's
3: very nice, right? Yeah.
0: So they'll grab the humming frog or any of these species of microhylidae. They'll m- move it around in its pedipalps, and the pedipalps are the little tiny legs out in front of its mm. mouth, and then kind of like move it around in its mandibles, and it's like doing this checking of it, and it makes this calculation of like, wait a minute, this is my friend frog. Like, this is a species of frog that I am friends with. Right. And then it puts it down uh, delicately. And uh, the frog is like, hey, buddy, like, you know, good to see you. And just... Can we skip this
3: part going forward? (laughs) But my friend, this happens every time. Simple handshake.
0: Look, I, I do appreciate your company. I would maybe like it if next time you could just... Send me a text and not put me in your <laughs> mouth, in your stinky, gross mouth, full of dead flies and stuff.
3: <laughs> a polite nod would suffice.
0: Right. Like, you know, a fist bump. Could we do that? Yeah. A fist bump? Maybe. instead. No. Going in the mouth again. All right.
3: I went to your daughter's, all 800 of your daughter's <laughs> weddings, for Christ's sake, so you don't have to do this every time.
0: <laughs> so there are actually multiple species of tarantulas and the microhylidae frogs that are friends But let's start with the dotted humming frogs, which is a specific species in Peru, who have worked their way into the hearts of at least a couple tarantula species. The exact identity of the tarantulas is kind of uh, under debate, but reports have Named either the Colombian Lesserback Tarantula, which is a really pretty black tarantula with it's kind of near the base of its legs, near its abdomen. It's got these like pink splashes of color. And then there's also the chicken spiders, which is a type of... They're (laughs) cowards. They're cowards. (laughs) Well, actually, they're (laughs) called chicken spiders because... They are rumored to carry off baby chicks. Mm. I, I think that might be apocryphal, though. I think a baby chick might be a little too big for these guys. Although, it could it could happen occasionally. I just don't think they make a habit of it because right. that seems kind of like a, a quite a mouthful for these guys. They they do grow up to about a three inch diameter, so they can be quite big, mm-hmm. but still, they're not like monsters. Right. the The humming frog, uh, to give you a sense of it, it's like this little tiny guy. It's body is about half an inch long so the spiders are over three times its size. Here's a very cute picture of the Whoa. tarantula and you see the little tiny frog just hanging <sighs> out under the tarantula happily sitting together yeah There's just totally relaxed because it's got its big buddy with it
3: that is it, it it defies like logic right seeing it
0: right if you saw this photo you would think that That's it's pred. like the yeah that the spider has snuck up behind this this little frog but if you you see a video of it you actually will see the little frog like turn around see the spider be like oh hey buddy and then hop under it like like snuggle up close to it it's right it's really cute it
3: looks like a scene from lord of the rings i'm not going to go on <laughs> i don't want to spoil it
0: well okay <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, it'd be like if in Lord of the Rings. I mean, remember when Frodo was really stupid the entire set of movies, where he like, it's like, oh, spider webs, and then he's like just wiggling around, flailing yeah. around, getting more spider webs on him. And then what's it? What was the spider's name again?
3: Uh, Shelob. Shelob. Tony yeah. Shelob.
0: <laughs> Tony Shelob. <laughs> hey, Frodo, what you doing here? <laughs> right, right. Hey, Frodo, what you? Hey, it's good to see you, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like yeah, if Shelob was like, hey, what's up, little friend? You wanna? You You want to hang out together? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) uh, And so here's what these two guys get out of this relationship. So the frog obviously gets a huge intimidating friend to protect it from other predators. So you have this tiny appetizing looking frog and then it's got this huge spider friend this tarantula that is, you know, kind of menacingly cracking its knuckles. It doesn't have knuckles, no. but it's like kind of pounding one leg into the other. Like There'd be a,
3: a lot of knuckles.
0: Yeah, I know, right?
3: Because <laughs> each joint would probably have a knuckle. Right. <laughs> How weird Just would that cracking
0: look? all of its joints. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what does the, the spider get out of it? Like, that seems less intuitive. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's actually quite interesting because these little frogs will protect the spider's eggs from ants. So... Ah. The spider lays eggs, and one of the main threats to these eggs are ants who will come and attack them and carry them off or eat them. And the spider or the tarantula is quite big, so it's harder for it to target ants. I mean, Mm -hmm. like when you think about like catching ants, it's hard to get all of the ants when you're a big creature. But... With the tiny frogs, they love to eat ants, and they're small, so they can just like zoop, 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 like find all the ants and get them before they get to the eggs. So basically, they ha- the spiders have a- an adorable little babysitter the frogs have a huge friend that will protect them and they hang out together and they like, well like a spider will pop out of a den and then you'll see a tiny little frog face and he'll pop out of the (laughs) den too. And they'll like kind of be close together. It's, it's adorable. I love that. It's like Milo and Otis, but a spider and a a frog.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I
0: I love, I don't know. I just, I love that friendship. I, I think it's, it also, it humanizes the spiders a bit, the tarantulas. Mm-hmm. Normally we think of tarantulas as these just murderous murder beasts. Right. Many-legged murder beasts. And they are, to be fair. But they, they've got a heart. They've got a soft spot for these little for frogs. For these little frogs. And researchers, I mean, researchers are insane what they wanted to see yeah, like, why how, know
3: why know anything <laughs> stop well, researching
0: uh, i mean you might agree with Make me it once i tell this story yeah. but uh they skinned the the little frogs and then tied their skins to another species of frogs that the spot, the tarantulas oh my God. yeah see what i mean <laughs> so so they like turned these frog th- these uh, this different species of frogs that the tarantulas actually love to eat and they put the skin on of the humming frogs that they're are their friends and made these like buffalo bill edgine frogs and the tarantulas like looked them over did the same thing like you know kind of palm them over in their little pedipalps and then they're like put them down and so they're sensing something on the skin either a scent or a pattern on the skin and then they they leave them alone but that's so scary from like the spider's perspective when you think about it like like you're like, oh, you're my friend, and then you like squint closer, and then you, you there's something slightly <laughs> off. It's like, hey, buddy, what's wrong? And it's like sugar water.
3: <laughs> I don't think it's slightly off. <laughs> like I don't think these researchers have mastered yet yeah, like reupholstering a <laughs> frog. And then and another frog skin. And
0: then the frog is like, ha- what else can it do but play along? Or it's gonna get eaten. Like it's like, oh, hey, Timmy, good to see you. Yes, I'm Timmy.
3: Jesus.
0: It's me. <laughs>
3: I don't want these sick
0: fracks to, to do that with not, my skin. not covered in another frog's skin by mysterious giants. Nope, <laughs> it's fine. Well, that's a weirdly specific thing to say, but it's good to see you. Yeah, really yeah. good to see you.
3: And also, yeah, there's no <laughs> way uh, a human being would ever skin a frog and put... Maybe don't do that experiment. At maybe least, skip yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At what cost do you want to know? I wonder if they do it the opposite. Way where if they took the uh, I'm gonna call it the yummy frog mm-hmm. and took its skin and put it on the friend. Oh, that's interesting. If, that's well, even then you would almost twisted. be sentencing it to like to death. Yeah,
0: that's like <laughs> even more you know cruel. I yeah. love I love the these sort of jigsaw esque cruelty of it though it's right. kind of neat like if you want to go full on what's what's that movie called the the uh, one with uh, what's his name <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh uh, Casablanca <laughs> Tom,
0: Tom, <laughs> Tom Cruise and then it's like about Mission Impossible No it's the one where they're evil and bad and do weird stuff
3: uh the the
0: party one. Yeah, I think so. Uh,
3: secrets in the Night. I forget what I it's know. called. I don't know. I don't know. Absolutely Famous. I I'm going to cut called. all of this. because. Oh, the, I think it needs to stay. <laughs> oh,
0: boy. <laughs> well, it's like a movie that's bad things happen.
3: Right. Well, Tom Cruise looks like someone who's wearing someone else's skin. A little bit. Yeah.
0: A little bit. It's so like, the entertainment industry he's just doesn't a bunch need him. Of, he's just a bunch of these frogs wearing a human skin. <laughs> right. We're a human. <laughs> we can act.
3: Don't look him right in the <laughs> eye. <laughs> he'll he'll he eat you with his tongue. He kind of
0: cleans his eyeball with his tongue. Yeah. Like, you all right, Tom? I'm fine.
3: Yeah, it's something in my eye.
0: <laughs> so moving on, there's been a <laughs> viral video of a coyote and a badger working together. And I'm sure you've seen this, mm-hmm. but... Let's take another look at it just to refresh our memory here. Looks like something out of a Disney.
3: It does. I like picturing that these two guys have been walking for like five miles. Yeah. And the coyote just keeps getting, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of feet ahead. And he finally (laughs) just turns around like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Because that badger doesn't break stride. It just keeps waddling. No, that badger just
0: kind of waddles along. And the coyote is jumping around and it looks behind it's mm-hmm. really cute because it's looking over its shoulder going like come on it's Badger playful. friend, we gotta go we gotta go hunt some ground squirrels and the badger's like i'm coming yeah. Just, ha- oh my god calm down come on badger friend we gotta <laughs> well look i found this giant tube made out of concrete we can go through it see i we-
3: can dig my own tunnels why are we going through this it's, metal ca- it's
0: made out of concrete
3: i know just I prefer dirt.
0: <laughs> look, look we, I can run. Did you see me run? It's I very nice. It's
3: very nice. You have, great sh- you have a great gate. <laughs> well, excellent so- <laughs> gate.
0: <laughs> well, so this video is not a hoax. It was captured by the Peninsula Open Space Trust, or POST, which is a nonprofit organization that protects open natural spaces in the South Bay of San Francisco, California. Hmm. And they use these remote sensor cameras, to track the movements of animals and see how they travel. And they found this coyote and badger using a culvert, which is a tube of concrete under roadways that helps drain water. And they were using that culvert to safely cross the road, which I think is amazing. And I I love this video because it is, I think it really gives you the sense of, okay, so animals sometimes form these relationships. And with a frog and a tarantula, you kind of get the sense of like, yeah, these are like little robots who kind of do these things that are advantageous for their species. Mm -hmm. When you see the coyote and the badger, like the coyote excitedly like jump and and go like look over at children and be like, come on, badger friend. (laughs) I think it shows you this transition from, yeah, this is their partnership, which I'll talk about. I'll explain why they form this partnership and why it's advantageous. But it can also, in my opinion, kind of transition into this area of they genuinely enjoy each other's company as much as an animal can, like a dog enjoys your company. Mm -hmm. Even though we've over, you know, thousands of years formed this mutually beneficial relationship, evolutionarily speaking, we also just like each other. Yeah. So let me talk a little bit about why Coyote and Badger are such good friends. So they are In fact conspiring together to kill some ground squirrels oh thank god (laughs) so the coyote will often come up to a badger den in fact one eyewitness saw coyote like knock on a badger's den kind of like 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 scratch its little paw against the entrance and the badger comes out and it sees it's a coyote and they set off together to a ground squirrels set of dens and tunnels And they will root out the ground squirrels. So the coyote and the badger have slightly different techniques for hunting ground squirrels. Mm -hmm. The coyote is a little bit faster when it comes to, like, snatching them up when they come out of the holes. And the badger likes to – is really good at digging. He's like Like, a drill. These are – yeah, exactly. And it can dig the ground squirrels up from the front of the den, and it'll just, like, start – delving in there. And so what they do is <laughs> the badgers at the den, digging it up, trying to get ground squirrels, and the coyote watches the badger do this and he goes off and finds an exit hole from wow. the den. Wow. So it finds like the the ground squirrels emergency exit. So as the badger is getting any of the ground squirrels that try to escape out of its way, the coyote is getting any of the ground squirrels that try to get out of the emergency exit. And sometimes the badger gets a meal. Sometimes the coyote gets a meal. Sometimes they both get a meal because they've basically cornered these squirrels. So if the squirrel dodges the coyote by ducking back down into the exit hole, the badger is more likely to get a ground squirrel coming out its way. And if the squirrels try to escape the badger goes right towards the coyotes so genius genius dynamic duo
3: do the badgers use their big claws to like take out these ground squirrels
0: they both or... both claws and and their mouths like right, they'll, they'll right, crunch right. down i mean it is a little bit horrifying to see them i have some video of it but but they will <laughs> you know the they just chew the 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 squirrels up like immediately like it's dinner time immediately
3: you know how people have like in their homes like those uh, like picture frames you can upload like photos onto mm-hmm. them of your family I picture in your home you, instead of photos you just have these videos <laughs> of like badgers eating off squirrels heads
0: I mean I'm not it's not you know it's more of a mental library of photos
3: <laughs> which, which is more vivid
0: <laughs> the, the nice person I live with probably wouldn't want photos plastered everywhere of dead animals like, Jesus but, you know you gotta make some compromises that's
3: true it's a give and take
0: <laughs> so yeah it's uh it, it is an amazing relationship to witness uh it, and it's I love the the video you see of them because they're probably going off to go mm-hmm. on a hunt together but it's clear they're traveling some distance together and, and the coyote looks genuinely excited and it. it looks uh like it 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 really has this like fun friendship now it's harder to read the badger's expression i mean the badger is willingly going along with the coyote so it's got to be at (laughs) least amenable to this relationship it's hard to measure how an excited badger other than a badger that's like ripping your face off but yeah that's
3: an excited I, badger. yeah
0: exactly i do my ima- how i imagine their relationship is like the coyote is really excited the kind of excitable one and the badger's maybe a little more gruff and kind of aloof but deep down he really does love the coyote yeah and they're, they're buddies they're great buddies and he's like always kind of he's sort of the the nick offerman sort of character yes and then uh and the the coyote is sort of the 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 leslie nope uh oh happy-go-lucky happy-go-lucky yeah uh and uh, yeah i just love i love that dynamic it's really cute
3: yeah i'm picturing like a uh a tigger in eeyore yeah yeah know, exactly situation. yeah
0: gonna go get some ground squirrels i get <laughs>
3: We're uh, going to rip proba- their heads off. <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably get them all, coyote. <laughs> I won't get any.
0: I don't know. I think you can rip one in half.
3: <laughs> well, now I'm a little happy. I lost my Man, tail. Maybe we'll kill Do a whole they have
0: family. <laughs> badgers? Yeah, badgers have little stubbly tails. Right, yeah. right. I like those. Yeah.
3: As far as tails go, I like those. Yeah. <laughs> the
0: stubbly. Yeah. I mean, did you you saw in the video, it, it was really cute to see them uh, like like look at the, the little big the butt bottle. Look at that little tookus like walking walking off. Yeah. The like to see I mean, I don't want to sound like a pervert, but to seeing like two <laughs> like the the little coyote and the little badger butts just like walking off in the distance together. It's very cute.
3: Oh yeah, not perverted at all. No. Yeah, I mean that. <laughs> It's very cute.
0: There's another duo of unusual friends. Geladas and wolves in Ethiopia coexist peacefully, which seems unlikely because they're both sort of can be a little bit pugnacious. Um so geladas are a type of monkey and they are kind of baboon-like but they aren't actually in the same group as baboons, but they're very closely mm-hmm. related. and the the Ethiopian wolves are they look like wolves. They actually have kind of a reddish coloration. Let me show you. yeah. here's the Ethiopian wolf.
3: Oh cool. They kind of have like a, a fox coloration. Yeah, almost. yeah,
0: but they are they look a little bit coyote like, but they mm-hmm. are wolves. Who is this beautiful This, woman. Is, this is a gelada, <laughs> and you're actually looking at a, mostly males here, interesting, as you, evinced by their wiener that you can see. Yes, but they're they're actually quite quite beautiful. They have this like beautiful hair that just mm-hmm. looks like a like a kind of '90s style blowout. Yeah, and then yeah. they have these red chests, like and, an Iron Man <laughs>
3: thing on their yeah, chest. Yeah, like this yeah.
0: like sort of triangle shaped red chest, and then uh, I mean, you know. A, a wiener.
3: Of course. And and a standard four-door right. sedan wiener. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they are a... Th- these geladas are communal animals. So it's usually like a dominant male or a dominant group of males and then a bunch of females. And their their po- political structure is can be complex because it's not... I think I've talked about this on the show before often when you talk about dominant like alpha males and then their harem of females. It's seen as this kind of like, oh, he rules over the females. But in fact, the, the females can when a they can kind of vote a male out. So it's like more of a democracy because Funny. if the male they don't like this male and a new group of males comes along, they'll actually help the new males take over. And so these it's in the <laughs> interest of these alpha males to Cater to the the females' desires, so they'll they'll groom not get them. voted out. Yeah, to not get voted out, like they'll groom them. They'll do some like canvassing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so so you have this group of geladas, and usually they have a lot of babies around, and they're all sitting on the grass, eating the grass. They love to pick up these like tender shoots of grass, and then you'll see a wolf just kind of stalking along amongst the geladas, and it's a very bizarre thing because none of the geladas seem upset at all even though it's a wolf Mm -hmm. they have a bunch of young babies juicy little babies that would make a great snack you can quote me out of context about (laughs) that Um, and but they aren't upset because they know that the wolves aren't after their babies they're just after the rodents because they've learned that if they are chill and they don't you know mess with the geladas as the geladas are plucking up grass and foraging they actually disturb the rodents that are nesting under the ground and the rodents will come up and be like hey who's that on my roof and then boom like a wolf, wolf. will just eat it you know like who's on the rooftop is it santa no it's a wolf and your head has gone now <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's amazing because it's an interesting i mean it, it is it's an you know you have this predator right you have have this predator the wolf that you would not think would be so comfortable just kind of like walking around all these families sitting and picnicking out on the grass but it they're they're fine and it's it's kind of incredible how these animals have learned like you know what like you know sure like i could have a gelada baby now or i could wait and have as many rodents as 20 mice (laughs) 20 mice yeah. yeah Yeah, it's and it is kind of it is pretty cute to see. I mean, other than like, I mean, the rodents are getting the short end of the stick this episode. They really are. Yeah. But, you know, what are I mean, in the name of friendship, what's a few dead ground squirrels and mice and nothing? Adorable little creatures.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, this one like reminds me of the first one in that, like, just intuitively it spiders eat frogs wolves eat these little, like, monkey things. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Well, the ge- the adult geladas, to be fair, are quite big and Im- Oh, yeah, because they're like baboons, yeah, right? Yeah, Um And they, they could fight a wolf, but the wolf is not there to, to harass them, mm-hmm. so they just, they don't attack the wolves, and the wolves don't try to sneak off with a baby. So right. it is an interesting relationship because you do have kind of like both sides could attack each other Mm -hmm. but they don't and they they have come to an agreement to screw over the rodents yes (laughs) that's
3: a common enemy
0: (laughs) yes exactly
3: (laughs) have you ever been to uh animal tracks it's this wildlife sanctuary probably 30 miles north of la oh i have it it's awesome like it's so great where they have there's different packages which is kind of funny in that you can get the like primate package or like oh, the I mammal see. package but it's extra if you want reptiles I or see. like spiders I
0: see. is this like so you go and visit uh and then you
3: yeah you get to sit with them Basic where you pay like x amount of money and it all like goes back into the like wildlife preserve and then oh, that's great they have it's amazing and they have um like a baboon and uh, a lemur. And then they, like, these monkeys where they don't make them do tricks or anything. Right. Like, that's a big thing where they, like, just, you know, if they want to do something, they just teach you about them. Mm-hmm. But then they also have kangaroos, a fennec fox. Oh, wow. Um, an armadillo. And you get to, like, meet all these animals. Oh, and that's it's really, great. really cool. That's yeah. a- I should
0: go there. What's it called again?
3: It's called Animal Tracks. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Oh, you would that's you great. You would love it.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because, mm-hmm. actually, at the end of the show, I'm going to talk about an animal sanctuary in Australia. Cool. Someone contact. me. Contacted me about that. And I was thinking, man, I wish I lived in Australia so I could go visit, but it's great. We have animal tracks right here in LA. I'll yeah. have to go visit. Yeah, That's I'll awesome. show you some photos later. That's great. awesome. Uh huh. Humans and animals sometimes form unusual but mutually beneficial partnerships, like people and dogs, or people and honey guide birds. Haven't heard of this? Well, greater honey guides are small birds who live in sub-Saharan Africa who have worked out a business partnership with people. Honey guides will happily lead humans to a beehive, so the human gets the honey, and the honey guide gets to eat all the bee larvae and beeswax left behind. The honey guide will peep and trill at people to get their attention, spread its tail to reveal its white patch like a guiding target, and lead people to a bee's nest. The bees can then be smoked out by people, and we get to collect the delicious honey. The honey guide is satisfied with eating the grubs and wax, being insectivorous, and feasts on the destroyed nest that the humans have left behind. Some communities, like the Jawa people in northern Mozambique, use whistles or calls to attract honey guides and invite them to go hunt for honey. In my opinion, the more humans team up with birds, the more unstoppable we become. When we return, we’ll be looking at relationships of an intimate nature. Get your minds out of the gutter people. I'm just talking about some sucker fish. Let’s suck on some sharks!
4: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
2: Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
1: Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe.
0: Symbiosis generally describes the relationship between two different organisms over a long period of time. Symbiotic relationships can range from parasitic, where only one party benefits and the other party is harmed or stolen from, there's commensalistic, where only one party benefits and the other party experiences neutral effects, or mutualistic, where both parties benefit. Sometimes biologists argue over whether a relationship is mutualistic or commensalistic. So we're going to talk about some fishy business that gets right in the middle of this rather mild-mannered controversy. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard of a remora?
3: I have not, no.
0: A remora is a type of fish called, also called a sucker fish. It's a family of and fish who spend their days riding on the backs of sharks, whales, turtles, and rays. Oh, I've seen these. Yes, yes. Yeah. So these guys, uh-huh. the ones that just yeah yeah,
3: they're suck like right shark accessories. <laughs>
0: Shark dongles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, yeah, I do, I kind of like the name shark dongle a little better, but that's okay. Yeah. The name Remora literally means hindrance in Latin. And they were named this because in the 16th century, people believed that these fish slowed down ships because they would sometimes oh, attach funny. to ships. Yeah. They, Look like parasites. they kind of look yeah, these little hindrances. That's so mean. Yeah, again, Jesus. really rude right. <laughs> you you beady-eyed hindrance <laughs> you frant
3: hindrance Ugh.
0: but you, you know, so they look kind of like parasites, right? They mm-hmm. look like leeches b- that are in the shape of a fish because they they're got like sucker su- they got su- well, they look like they've got sucker mouths, right. Oh. and but they are actually not parasites. They provide a valuable service to the animal they've attached to. In the opinions of some biologists, other biologists say they just don't harm the the mm-hmm. uh, animal, that the host animal at all, but they don't benefit it. In my opinion, it seems like they do offer some benefits. So we'll talk right. about that. But actually, it looks like they're using a big, creepy sucker mouth to suck onto the, to <laughs> the shark. But in fact, no, they're using weird, creepy sucker hats. So... Remoras have evolved front dorsal fins that act as suction cups, and it looks like a weird ribbed mouth. Mm -hmm. Like here's a photo of it. Oh.
3: Yeah, that is a ribbed mouth.
0: It's totally not. It's actually a hat. So here it is on the fish oriented correctly. So this is the top of its head.
3: Oh. And it's it's just
0: wearing this like weird ribbed suction hat yeah and so when you see a remora on a shark it's actually riding upside down with its head attached to the shark not its mouth
3: interesting that's crazy
0: yeah yeah it's like it makes them seem a lot more goofy like they're just like riding like attached to their head going like wee! it's like you're
3: doing it wrong (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) stop
0: Uh, by attaching to sharks and whales and these other big animals using their weird suction heads, they get a free ride around the ocean. But the question is, do what do their hosts get? And this is a little bit controversial. So one of the other things that the remora gets is they get to eat parasitic copepods, which are tiny crustaceans that feed off of sharks, whales, turtles, and uh, rays. One line of thought is that, hey, this is a benefit to the sharks because they're eating the copepods, mm-hmm. the parasites. And then other others argue, like, well, they eat the ones that have already fallen off of the sharks. So, like, well, that doesn't really – They're not really doing anything. They're not yeah. really doing anything. I think that even if something's, like, fallen off of it, like, a, it seems like it might still be a benefit because, like, maybe, like, a copepod temporarily detaches. But it could reattach, Right. So I I think on the margin, like it seems like that might be a slight benefit. Mm -hmm. They also eat the scraps of food that fall from the cloud of carnage that sharks and these other animals produce (laughs) while feeding. That's a little more clearly just beneficial to the remora. Although I don't know, like maybe by cleaning up the the mess they leave behind, they attract less Less competition. Yeah. But it's hard to say. This is either a commensalistic relationship where the remora gets a lot of benefits and the sharks that it's r- hitching a ride on just doesn't affect them Neither at all. harm nor, neither harm yeah. nor, nor help or it's mutualistic where they're both getting something out of the r- relationship i think it's it, it like it's not completely mutualistic i think the remora gets a little more but i, th- I think it might benefit the shark a little bit in my non-shark expert opinion. Yeah, no,
3: in my readings, I think the shark can actually claim the remora as a dependent and write it off on its taxes. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah, there you so go. Yeah, so that's good.
0: <laughs> uh, in order to actually develop that suction hat, remoras go through <laughs> a really weird puberty from their larval stage I to would adult. I so. <laughs> so the dorsal fin migrates to the top of their head and flattens out in this symmetrical ribbed pattern And you know how I said that they're ray fin fishes? All those ribs are like those bony uh, rays that are on their fins, but just flattened out and symmetrical. So,
3: With all those ribs and rays, you got me thinking about sweet baby rays, (laughs) talking about sauce. Go ahead.
0: I want my baby back, baby back. Suction hat, rib house. Eat the suction hat.
3: And parasites.
0: Nice. Uh, And so... That, but when they're, here's the mystery, right? So when they're in their larval stage or baby fish stage, um, like they don't have this suction hat yet. So we don't actually know like how they feed, how they survive as, as these teeny tiny fish. Some... Believe I know this is weasel words, but like general, like this is such a mystery that it's hard to say. Weasel but there, words. there's there's a well, weasel words is like some people say that the larval remora is a bunch of weird bastards. Right, <laughs> that's right, weasel right. words where you're like saying some people say this, um, but you're not actually. But but this, right, exactly. Right. But this is this is a theory by biologists, but it's unconfirmed, which is that maybe they uh, use they have these kind of hook teeth like when they're in their larval stage. And maybe they use that to, like, attach to, like, the gills of a shark or something Mm. and hitch a ride there. Although we don't know. Um, So it's hearsay. Hearsay, I say. Hearsay, it, Strike it from the record. (laughs) As adults, they reach up to one to four feet long. So they're not tiny. Mm -mm. So, like, when a shark is cruising around, you can see the remoras very clearly, like, hitching a ride. And, in fact, they can develop such a close relationship with their hosts, they will become distressed if they get separated from their host, according to some of these researchers and observers. Like, one such observer was saying, like, one remora got detached from its shark. The shark, like, went off without it, and it was, like, kind of frantically swimming around and then attached itself to... The, the human observer, like, just like, will you be my friend? I need
3: friend? <laughs> I need some it's contact. Like,
0: it's like those people who have never not been in a relationship mm-hmm. and, like, haven't really developed a sense of self outside of the relationship.
3: Define me. <laughs> Please define <laughs> Please me. Please
0: define me. <laughs> Pilot fish are another type of fish who love sharks, rays, and turtles. And these fish don't actually attach themselves like the remoras, so they're slightly less clingy, but they're still relatively clingy. So you can see, here's a group oh, yeah. of pilot ship just hovering around a shark, like little Those look like more groupies. of a standard fish. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do. They're standard fish shape. They have bold black and white stripes. <laughs> when it's excited, <laughs> actually, those bars kind of fade a little bit, and its body turns silvery with blue patches. So that's cool. That is cool. Yeah and they can be quite big so they grow up to about two feet long and yeah they they're called pilot fish because they often follow ships uh probably because they think the ships are a huge friend just like they yeah. like to follow sharks and these other big uh aquatic animals like whales as huh. well and so, they should call
3: them captain fish if they're captain gonna get fish. like the maritime version <laughs> they're not flying through the air <laughs> just a note. Exactly.
0: There you go, there you go. Or like first mate fish.
3: Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Cabin
0: boys of the sea. <laughs> What's interesting about this relationship between sharks, whales and these pilot fish is that the the sharks and whales rarely feed on the pilot fish. Like Observations of them actually attacking the pilot fish are basically statistically insignificant. And they seem to accept these pilot fish as little friends and so the the pilot fish do provide probably provide a nice service for them because they will go along the backs of the sharks and actually pick off parasites Mm. and they will even the sharks will even allow them to pick little scraps of food from their jaws which is incredible just like yeah okay you know be my floss I guess (laughs) yeah
3: will you be my floss
0: (laughs) Yeah, just like little.
3: This dental is a Valentine's hygienists. Day episode.
0: It's like if a if a, exactly like if a dentist just like started like hmm you got some you got some schmutz in your mouth and just like licking your teeth. Right,
3: but if the dentist just came up to you on the street, right, and right, did that.
0: Want me to lick your teeth for you? Yeah, sure. Yes, why not? thank you. Where thank have you, you. been?
3: <laughs> of course, may I call you doctor?
0: <laughs> so there are reports that pilot fish also become very distressed when they are separated from their shark, but. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with this idea. So the the reports are that like if a boat captures a shark, the pilot fish will follow the boat for weeks. And it's like, oh, they're sad that they're Mm -hmm. shark friend. But remember... These pilot fish just love following boats in general. So I that's don't funny, necessarily yeah. think they're like, no, give me back my shark friend, which would be sad and adorable. But I think it's just like, wow, you're an even bigger shark. Yeah, I love you.
3: <laughs> oh, no, my shark friend. Ooh, a boat. <laughs> and then that's the end you're of You're my the- friend
0: now. Yeah. <laughs>
3: a bigger shark friend.
0: So one more aquatic duo I want to talk about is the urchin crabs. And guess who their friends are?
3: Is it...
0: Wow, how'd you do that? I uh,
3: went to an art school for four years. (laughs)
0: Wow, (laughs) okay. Worth it. Yes, every penny. (laughs) So... The urchin crab, or carrier crab, lives in the Red Sea and East Indian Ocean, and they are best buds with the long-spined sea urchin, and they carry it around on its back like a Yoda. I love that. (laughs) So it actually only walks on its two front pairs of legs, uh, because the back two are always used to carry the sea urchin.
3: Oh, funny.
0: And I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but just throw out like a guess why you think the Crab would want a sea urchin friend. Like this is oh, like a trick armor. question. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Let How sh- <laughs> dare
3: you put me on the spot like that?
0: <laughs> I just like I I think it's it's neat because sometimes like the intuition about this is not it's like not this like tricky thing, not like mm-hmm. a convoluted thing. It's like yeah, it's just protecting it. So oh, don't worry, I'm
3: only capable of surface level thought. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> so here here it is. Oh wow,
3: that looks like he's got two on his back. Or it's
0: her. well, it's just a I, well. No, I think it's just one. That's but big. It's a Big one, yeah. It's a real big one. And what's interesting is, yeah, it, it likes to carry these really big ones. And
3: funny that it has to hold. Yeah, that makes sense. That. It has to hold it.
0: Sea urchins are animals. Mm-hmm. They're echinoderms. Sea urchins actually can move. And the fact that it's this big one means it's probably pretty mobile for a sea urchin. And if it wanted to struggle and like get away from the crab, it could. But in fact, they're actually quite docile and they peacefully submit to being carried because while the crab gets armor from the sea urchin, the sea urchin gets a free ride. Oh, yeah. Because they're not as fast as a crab. So the crab can carry them around and they get to go to a new area to feed and and it's it works out for both of them really great.
3: It's so funny that the crab does. It's like a uh, like an old man holding on to his toupee in the wind <laughs> <laughs> just holding it on his That's head. That's a
0: beautiful description. Thank you so much. <laughs> you may have your own little remoras hitching a ride on you without even knowing it. Demodex folliculorum And Demodex brevis are eyelash mites, microscopic mites who live on your eyelashes. They have elongated bodies with a bunch of cute little legs and claws. Sorry, is that not cute? Anyways, most adults have some eyelash mites, and for the most part, this relationship seems commensalistic, meaning the mites get a home and get to eat our dead skin cells and we get nothing, I mean grossed (laughs) out, I guess. Or if you want to think about it more positively, we get a bunch of microscopic friends, so you're never alone. (laughs) Typically, the mites cause no problems in humans, but in large quantities, or for people with sensitive skin or immunodeficiencies, they can cause eye and skin irritation. But don't freak out. Most of the time, you can keep mites in check by gently cleaning your eyes keyword, gently, you guys like baby shampoo or just water, don't go napalming your eyeballs with bleach, that'll blind you and it won't feel so good. When we return, I'm going to infest your heart with good feelings as we explore some one-of-a-kind adorable relationships between species.
4: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
2: Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this
1: is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe.
0: Sometimes relationships between species just happen to happen and there's no greater pattern just a random homeward-bound situation. Often, these oddball partnerships happen in captivity. Dogs and cheetahs become friends in zoos, as zookeepers have found that affable dogs make great companions to the shy cheetah. There are countless videos of birds riding on top of dogs and cats, chickens snuggling up to kittens, cats adopting squirrels, cats and dogs kissing on the mouth. What is going on? Well, sometimes animals aren't so superficial and can see past the mere fact that they're from entirely different species. So now I'm going to talk about these these relationships don't have any like wider evolutionary significance, but they're just kind of these random oddball couples that are really cute and fascinating to kind of show that sometimes animals will act outside of their kind of prescribed path of what the animals typically do, Mm -hmm. especially in weird situations. So this first one is, this is a heart warmer. Uh, get, those, get those warm fuzzies in your heart, which aren't, this time, not warms, which is great. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so a baby hippo named Owen was orphaned in the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami and earthquakes, which were these deva- this huge, devastating natural disaster. It caused flooding in Malindi, Kenya. This little baby hippo lost his parents, which is very sad. Uh, he was rescued by Dr. Paula Kahumbu, and the Lafarge Ecosystem Sanctuary in Mombasu, Kenya. He was also rescued by a giant tortoise, emotionally rescued. So, uh-huh. Z is a 130 year old male tortoise who also lives at the sanctuary. And when Owen was placed in the sanctuary park, he immediately ran over to the tortoise and huddled next to him like hippos generally do with their mothers. And at first the tortoise was kind of confused, but then he grew to tolerate and even show affection towards the baby hippo and the baby hippo would nuzzle the tortoise, and the tortoise would kind of head bump the hippo. And like it developed to the point where the baby hippo Owen would just kind of nudge the tortoise, and the tortoise would follow the hippo around. And it's really interesting because it's not too surprising to me that the hippo would... See this tortoise and it's orphan and it just sees this shape, mm-hmm. this gray kind of blobby shape. Aesthetically, and be like, You're it's You're my similar. new mom. Yeah, I mean not that close, but close enough. No, no,
3: of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And but what's I so can't su- <laughs> tell the difference between
3: tortoises and hippos. But it,
0: it's so surprising to me that the tortoise is just like, yeah, all right. I'll be your mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Right. Why not? Yeah. You you can be my son now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they do seem like like more agreeable animals, yeah. tortoises.
0: Yeah, they are. They are d- very gentle generally. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it is. It is. It's like oh, it's like in you know, Kung Fu Panda, where where it's like the duck and the panda, like this huge, huge panda and this little little. Duck. I mean, to- the giant tortoise was initially about the same size, but as the zippo gets bigger, it's, yeah. gonna, it's gonna dwarf the tortoise. But it, it is, yeah. It, it's a. It, I don't know. It's just really heartwarming, I guess. I, some the show is often filled with horrible. Things eating each other. Um, you know, but this time there's no twist. It's just really heartwarming. Yeah.
3: Can tortoises can they go into their shells or are they too big? Well, so or their whims.
0: They so giant tortoises um don't really like tuck completely in their shells right. like box turtles can do. But, you know, I mean the shell does provide them some protection. They mm-hmm. can kinda like tuck a little bit in, but they don't it's not like you know, in the cartoons where it's just like, zoop, and then they're gone. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're too meaty for that. Generally. Right. Yeah. That
3: makes sense. And what yeah. are their predators? Like, just...
0: You know, actually, I would say they don't have too many predators. Right. Because they're pretty big.
3: Because in my mind, they don't have many predators. Like...
0: Yeah, I don't think they would. So, they live uh, in on the islands of the Western Indian Ocean and also the Galapagos
3: Mm -hmm. on the Galapagos I believe they don't have any
0: no no there's like there's not there's no big predators Mm -hmm. that would be large enough to eat them now I don't let me check about the um this is a very good question so on the island the western Indian Ocean Islands again I would guess that there probably aren't any big predators there either right um so they might not have at least as adults they might not have any natural predators Mm -hmm as like little baby tortoises, like probably birds would try to eat them. But But if
3: they turn like 10, it's like, all right, you're (laughs) going to live until you're 3,000 years old.
0: (laughs) Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think they do. Like the adults have no natural predators. So yeah, that that does kind of make sense. Then like it sees this hippo bounding towards it and it's like, all right, what, what's this about? <laughs> yeah, what the hell?
3: I don't know this. What is this? Is this well, a few of my buddies stacked on top of each other? Yeah,
0: again, I, I like, it's sort of like the badger coyote dynamic mm-hmm. of like this excitable baby hippo and this like 130-year-old tortoise who's like old and grouchy. Oh, it's like an up. You know how the, the yeah. old guy <laughs> makes friend with the little the Kevin? little boy scout. Oh yeah. No, oh Kevin's yeah. the bird, I think. Right. Who's the boy scout's name?
3: I don't remember. Little boy scout. Oh, and the hippo. <laughs> oh, <and laughs> it's the, hippo.
0: the name of the little boy. <laughs> oh, that's mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh yeah. So so it's it's just like this excitable little hippo being like, "Hello, sure. Would you like to be my new mommy?" And it's like, "Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'll be your mommy. Of course. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh boy, let's go on an adventure together, please." And the turtle's like. Alrighty righty there, Speedy. Let's go. It's going to take a while.
3: Yeah, because to him, a hippo's speedy. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Everything. Spe- hippos, truthfully, are a bucket. They, can, sp- sprint, can, right? they mm-hmm. can run very quickly. Don't let their massive size fool you. Most of that size is pure muscle. They can destroy you and run very fast. Yeah. <laughs> So now on to another cute adoption. So uh, there's a story of a Dalmatian adopting a lamb. But here's the twist. The lamb had Dalmatian spots. Uh So there's a rare sort of coloration for a lamb where it actually (laughs) forms these black and white patches. And it looks like a Dalmatian's coloring. But it's a lamb. Mm -hmm. And so there's a farm in Australia where this lamb was born and it was orphaned. I I couldn't find out whether its mother died or sometimes the mother will just reject the lamb for who knows what right like you're you're a little freak get out of here <laughs> weirdo <laughs> weirdo but the lamb really lucked out because it was born on a freaking dalmatian breeders farm so, so
4: cute.
0: uh the lamb was paired up with a female dalmatian who was in season, meaning it it could give it could get pregnant, like when they're in heat in estrus. Um, so, like I guess it's like mom hormones were going off, and it was like, "Yeah, I'll have a baby lamb. I love it." <laughs> and so the Dalmatian follows the lamb around, licking it incessantly, licking its face and butt, and just doting <laughs> on it, just l- totally loving it. Let me show you the video of Please. it. It's very very cute. Now, I, I'm not going to play the sound on this, but most of the video sound is oh just the God. sound of the dog tongue laughing and going like, <laughs> 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 but it is, look, it
3: has like the same color. I yeah, mean, like it's like, it, so it, blacker, from but a distance,
0: yeah. it's like, okay, here's a normal Dalmatian and right. it, it's puppy and it's, and then you take a closer look and you're like, well, that's a weird shaped puppy. And then you get real close and it's, that's a lamb. That's not a puppy at all. Wait a minute. But it's so cute. Look at it. He just, she just loves this this little lamb to bits. It's that lamb, by adorable. the way, was a
3: pyromaniac, and then the Dalmatian <laughs> reformed it. And now they fight fires together.
0: <laughs> I love this story. I like the backstory you gave it. Like, I was j- rejected by my sheep community. It's like, well, why is that? I started fires. It started
3: fires. Oh. You
0: know that big fire in Australia? That was me. Well, we
3: don't like fires here either. <laughs> oh, it's getting milk. God, uh, that dog loves that lamb. It seems like the other dogs loved, do too.
0: Yeah. I mean, like dogs are, you know, great.
3: Yeah. <laughs> they, dogs are awesome. They,
0: they often will adopt other animals. They just have so much love to give. But yeah, it is. I mean, probably also because this female dog has accepted the lamb as a her her baby, the other dogs, are like, yeah, all right, it's your baby. Sure, why not? They're, they're really yes-anding the dog yes, here. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one more really cute story of... Now, this one, it's not clear whether it's adopting from a young age or if they have just kind of accepted this, uh, in, this individual into their group, but marine researchers found a bottlenose dolphin with a spinal deformity which had been taken in by a group of sperm whales. Hmm. So dolphins and sperm whales are not natural friends. And the dolphin that was seen with these sperm whales had a C-shaped spine. So like... um,
3: Oh, crazy. Yeah.
0: So due to what they guess is a congenital deformity. And it was observed with a group of sperm whales. And they were just affectionately nuzzling each other. The sperm whales seemed chill with it. And uh, it's hard to say exactly the nature of this relationship because it was a rather quick observation. Like they didn't they weren't able to follow them over a matter of weeks or anything like that. So it's hard to, you know, say as a matter of fact, like, yes, they are all friends now. And, you know, it could be a brief interaction, but it. The bottlenose dolphin was definitely not anywhere near a pod of dolphins. Mm-hmm. So the speculation is that it is has found this group of sperm whales and has either insinuated itself in their midst and is like, I'm your friend now, or they've accepted the, the dolphin as a friend, which is it, it's unusual
3: sperm whales don't even they don't hang out in the same part of the ocean right? no, don't, don't they dive deep or well, am i wrong No there?
0: no, I mean they do need they do kind of need occupy yeah, they occupy similar strata, but they they it is true that they aren't in the same pace as dolphins. They they do dive deep and then they come up and surface and dive mm-hmm. deep again, but like the the dolphins move much quicker than the sperm whales and the but this dolphin because of the spinal malformation probably can't move as fast as other dolphins. And either it was rejected by its group because of its looks, or maybe it just wasn't fast enough to keep up, which is really heartbreaking. But, uh, you know, dolphins can kind of be bullies. Like, they can bully an individual that they just don't like, they don't accept in their pod, which is mm-hmm. really cliquish. Get Do it? they murder? Or am Yeah, I they, they can, yeah. No, they, they can attack each other. Mm-hmm. They certainly murder <laughs> animals to eat. Yeah, but um, like
3: each other, like...
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they can kind of fight each other. Yeah, like rival pods will fight each other. Uh, I don't know how efficacious they are at mm-hmm. murdering each other, but yeah, they, they, can, they do fight. Um, and I think I would say, yeah, they probably can occasionally murder, but most likely they just like bullied this dolphin until it left uh, or just swam fast and it was like ditched them.
3: Well, now he has cooler friends.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. That are less clickish. You missed that (laughs) pun the first time. So I had to do it again because dolphins click. Uh, Of course. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) So, um. Yeah, it is. It is really it's it's fascinating. For the most part, sperm whales kind of probably avoid dolphins because a pot of dolphins could attack like a a baby sperm whale and they don't want anything to do with that. And so. But yeah, I mean, this little guy, it's like maybe they're just they recognize them. They're like. You look like a weird, weird calf. All right, you can join us. <laughs> so it's... it's just, a weird calf. Yeah. You, I Well, calf, a calf is a baby. Whale. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, oh, I didn't
3: mean it like the part of a life. You look like an odd femur. <laughs> you look
0: like a weird cow. Come on and yeah. join us. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, it, maybe they... Or it's just like so insistently trying to find friends that they're just accepting it as their friend. Or it's just a brief interaction and then they go back to... The, no, no, I won't accept that Yeah, let's, let's go no, positive Screw that, Screw that. they're all best friends mm-hmm. They formed a group called like the Misfits No, no, that's a band What's a good name for like a group of uh,
3: Oh, the Ramones
0: The Ramones, okay, no Like the no, because they The Ramoras like,
3: <laughs> like, uh... the Yes, yes, the Ramoras
0: <laughs> But just like like the oddball Like, like hey, we're uh...
3: <laughs> I guarantee you there could easily be a t-shirt Like yeah. of a Ramora on it Like but the Ramones style like, t-shirt <laughs> And, uh, like, three people Mm -hmm. would enjoy wearing (laughs) it.
0: If you're the three people who would enjoy wearing that shirt, let me know. Yeah, make that shirt. (laughs) Um,
3: (laughs) Who is this for?
0: (laughs) So I want to cap off the show and our stories of adoption to update us uh, so we got a koala update i'm yes. gonna play the koala update sound here Koala update a few weeks ago we talked about the fires in australia i talked about some places that you can donate to and i had everyone vote on a koala for uh, us at the show to adopt And you guys voted, and you voted for Oxley Twinkles, the koala. And I, it is official now. I have adopted Oxley Twinkles. Congratulations. Thank you. She is my koala daughter. Apparently, (laughs) what happens with the koala adoption is you don't actually, like, get the koala. Like, they don't send you the koala. It's just kind of... Like dry ice. Right, exactly. (laughs) What happens is the koala, like occasionally calls me up and asks for money, Um, and like it's like yeah I need some money for gas and it's like yeah okay I mean you are my daughter now like and you I, have to I,
3: use I, it on gas this right, time right, right.
0: I want to see the receipt from the gas station like and don't give me a receipt from a gas station and you've crossed out all the booze and crossed sharpie like, like I know yeah. look I was a young koala once too I've done all the tricks so I know it I know it but yeah so so Ox, Oxley Quink, Twinkles koala daughter of the podcast um I I want to to talk to you or or tell you about like the description of oxley twinkles from the koala hospital website did you Um, get
3: a velvet worm with that did it come with a velvet worm or no sadly i'm
0: still working on that i oh oh that's thank you for reminding me because like guys please tell give me the website or number or address of a like an insect or not insect sorry but like an invertebrate rescue organization because I desperately want to adopt a velvet worm now I understand
3: I wouldn't blindly click on those links (laughs) by the way
0: I understand that probably by adopting a velvet worm, again, like the koala situation, it's going to be a long distance relationship. I accept that. But I do want to at least in name adopt a velvet worm <laughs> or at least uh, sort of signal boost an in invertebrate rescue organization or probably more likely it would be an invertebrate conservation organization that um, uses the money to research how to help with uh invertebrate conservation um so yeah like if you have a good one or you are part of a group send me you can <laughs> contact me through twitter and stuff but you can also if you want send me an email creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com also if you just want to send me an animal story or a picture of your cat yeah. i love it so oxley twinkles uh <laughs> here's the here's her story is that she came in with her mother oxley kaylee who got i think think hit by a car but the mother survived as did the joey and it was taken in by the koala hospital and this little joey they said like her joey with the big fluffy ears we christened oxley twinkles as she was such a bright alert lively little koala just like a twinkling star my daughter is a star she is of course
3: (laughs) she's very lucky
0: Yes, so it's it's wonderful. And if you guys wanna throw some more bucks at Oxley Twinkle's way, honestly any here's here's me talking out of character for a moment any donation you give to them like any koala you adopt it just goes towards the koala hospital in general mm-hmm. and the great work that they do so that's uh, koalahospital.org.au. .au I'll, I'll include that link in the show notes as well I also got a message from Tom Rogers of the Poteroo Palace Sanctuary in New South Wales Australia who sent me a gorgeous photo of a rescued koala named Sapphire and her baby Joey and uh, you know I'm going to post those two that social medias and he wrote to me that they had to evacuate the animals in the sanctuary during the height of the uh, New South Wales fires, which was really stressful for the animals and I imagine the rescuers too. So thank you so much, Tom Rogers and everyone who works at the Putaru Palace for all the hard work you do and honestly heroic things you do for these animals. Definitely check out their website. I'll also include a link to it in the show notes. It's called palacecom And it, I'm not sure if they're open Right now, you could check. But if you live near New South Wales, Australia, you can visit their sanctuary and help feed the animals. So cool! And then, what was the the one near LA? Could you? Uh,
3: Animal tracks. Animal tracks. And then there's another great one near LA uh, in um, Lake Arrowhead called Wild Haven. Oh,
0: wonderful! Yeah, Wild Haven's amazing. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, shout out to all those groups. That's that's incredible. Mm -hmm. I, I am definitely gonna go check out Animal Tracks. That sounds incredible. It's great. got anything to plug
3: blake Wexler.com, at blake wexler on social media and then um, i'm headlining the uh arcade comedy theater in pittsburgh on february oh, awesome.
0: yeah Congratulations. Oh thank you.
3: Thank uh, you. It'll be fun.
0: You can find us on Instagram at Creature Feature Pod, on Twitter at Creature Feet Pod, that's F E A T, not F E E T. That is something very different. <laughs> you can find me at Katie Golden on Twitter. I am as always I am at Pro Bird Rights where I fight for the rights of birds to completely dominate us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I wish you
3: luck with that endeavor.
0: <laughs> Look, I think that a partnership between birds and humans can only lead to honey and success, but mostly we should just worship birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you again, like, if you want to reach out to me, definitely shoot me an email at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com if you've got any cool animal conservation stories, any cool resources you want me to give a shout out, or pictures of you dating cats and dogs or birds or whatever. <laughs> Thanks for the Space Cossacks for their super groovy song, Ex Illumina. Creature Features, a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like this, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. This is Malcolm Gladwell You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives, Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.
3: I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events.